Hey everybody, it's Jason. Welcome or welcome back to the Mosaic Church Podcast. At the end of this podcast, please take a moment to connect with us on social media. It's a great place to learn more and to see what's happening at Mosaic. Most importantly, hope the following message encourages and inspires you to take a new step on your faith journey. Enjoy. Do you remember where you were on March 27th of 2022? Just a little bit over a year ago, March 27th, 2022. It was a huge, monstrous day in pop culture. If you're not a pop culture person, you're like, I don't remember what I was doing yesterday. I hear you. Okay, it's cool. But March 27th, 2022, many of us missed this occurrence live, but then for the next seemingly six months to a year, there was a nonstop repeating of this event. March 27, 2022 was the official 94th Annual Academy Awards. And at the Academy Awards, something very big happened. This is a celebration of all of the movies of the year. And, we, and everyone's like, oh, she's dressed so nice. And oh, man, she looks like garbage. And we're talking about what they wear. And oh, his suit's awesome. And why would he cut his hair like that? They nitpick everything about these major celebrities. And they walk down this runway. There's all this glam and all this circumstance and pomp. And you're like, man, this is just like a huge who's who in American pop culture. And so during this event, which I'm sure you now are like, oh, I know what happened. Something happened that has never happened in the 94 years of the Academy Awards. There was a joke made by the host, Chris Rock, about Jada Pickett Smith and this disease that she has. And so he makes this kind of side joke to her, and her husband, Will Smith, gets up out of the audience, goes on stage in front of the whole world, and smacks him straight across the face. And then all awe struck, it was just like silent in this place, as now a stunned superstar comedian host is like, what just happened to me, right? And so he's trying to make sense of it, and he just kind of mutters out, it's a joke, dude. And he then, the enraged husband, the enraged Will Smith, sits in the audience, and I'm not going to repeat exactly what he said, because if you know what he said, there's some profanity to it, so I'm going to use my version of it. Keep my wife's name out of your mouth. He repeats it. Keep my wife's name out of your mouth. Now, that's a power play. Wow. I mean, that's a strong command. And here in front of literally the entire world, because the whole world watches what's happening in American pop culture. I mean, those who can see us. But you know, so you have this world watching, and these two superstars are engaged in this altercation. And he's screaming, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. In typical American culture, we decide, let's be divided about one more thing. So <laughs> now we have Team Chris and we have Team Will. Team Will says, oh, he is so chivalrous. He's standing up for his wife. Chris should have never said those things. Uh, that is so inappropriate. If somebody said something about my wife like that, I'd go up and smack them on stage too. So you've got Team Will. And now Team Chris is over here saying, no one has the right, no matter what words come that come out of someone's mouth, to ever hit anybody. No one has a right to lay their hands on anybody. And it's just words. What are we teaching the next generation? If I don't like 
something that somebody says, I can go up and just smack them whenever I want. And so Team Chris and Team Will are now on every social media platform battling. Wow, once again, we're fighting about something stupid, right? So, so this is now like, it takes over America that seems like forever. But think about this for a second. I just want to pause this for a second. Not about if it's a joke, not if you're Team Chris or Team Will, or if it's right or it's wrong. I'm not talking about any of that right now. I want us to process this about something that Will said, something I think that's there that, that really caused the explosion. Keep my wife's name out of your mouth. Like, you can't even speak my wife's name. Now, what is he really demanding? What is... What is Will in his enraged moment demanding? So think about this. His wife was just humiliated in front of the world. Uh, He's now processing this. And what he is really saying is, you may never disrespect my wife. Isn't about saying her name. He could be like, hey, Jada. Like he's not saying that, right? Do not disrespect my wife. And that joke he felt was disrespectful. In other way, you may never mock my, wa- my wife. You may never use my wife's name in dishonor. And he was so enraged by this moment, so fueled with passion, so whatever else was going inside of him, he did something that has now essentially ruined his career. Because regardless, he's kicked out of the Academy Awards. Regardless, it changed everything. And I grew up uh, watching him on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? So, like, I'm like, dude, this is the Fresh Prince, like, in West Philadelphia, right? And so, so here he goes from this, like, comical jokester guy to, like, this very serious moment, and now everything has shifted in his career. But what he was saying was, don't disrespect my wife. I mean, we rarely are in situations like this. I mean, if we're honest, like, how often are we in a situation where someone's like verbally disrespecting you or a loved one to your face? The truth is we do it behind closed doors to other people. It's called gossip. And so we disrespect other people and their name by saying things behind their backs. Like we're not just going to say to you like, hey, I really don't like that you did and I don't like this person. And we don't say it to their face. What we'll do is we'll text someone and say, man, I can't stand my brother or my sister or my friend or my coworkers. And we disrespect other ways. And so we use people's names and we slander them way too often. We just don't do it to their face, nor do we do it in front of millions of people. But we do it, right? Very rarely do we see those moments where it's happening face to face. But what if, let's just play, let's play Kate there for a second. What if every time someone disrespected God's name, you were enraged? Every time you heard somebody say God's name in misuse, you say, keep my Savior's name out your mouth every time. Literally, that'd be the only sentence you'd probably say most of the time. Because our culture has become so loose and comfortable with saying God's name in a misuse. We get so comfortable with flippantly just saying things. OMG stands for O my God. And it's not a statement of like, oh my God, I worship you. It is a statement of disrespect and slander and misuse, which is a common thread now seen through all songs, all movies, all videos, all conversation. It's all over the place. And we hear it every day. We're like, oh, OMG. In fact, some of you use it. But 
Every day, we've become so softened to the idea that the holiness and the purpose of God's name is actually representing his character. And as people of God, the one that saved us, the one that took us from the lowest of low, who've lifted us out from the pits of hell and has saved us, and we're listening to our Savior get mocked over and over again, and there's not even a tinge of emotion, or we're doing it ourselves. It's happened. American pop culture, what has happened to us? Because we have been learning in this Ten Commandments series, we're on commandment number three now, commandment three in Exodus 20, verse seven, if you want to flip there in your Bibles and Bible apps, Exodus 20, verse seven, that the first four commandments, the purpose of these commandments are our relationship to God. The next six are going to be our relationship to us, to the people and how we live among the people of God. But the first four are about God. Ten commandments, four about God. One of them says, don't use my name wrongly. Don't misuse my name. He has four. Like of all the things God could say about himself, his name is one of four. Or if we want to go even bigger than that, out of 10 things and how we're supposed to live, he takes, don't misuse my name. So as we enter into this process, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, I'm going to ask you to process this. Do you really think this is serious or is this just kind of a suggestion? Serious suggestion. We'll get into that in a second. Exodus verse 20, verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 7. I'm in the NIV version. It says this. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses my name. Let me read that again. Go nice and slow and listen to what it's saying. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses my name. And for those who have heard the commandment before, you've heard a different version. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That's a more common way that we hear it. And so vain is like, you know, that's a tough word sometimes, like vain, like, oh, you're so vain, right? Like staring at the, in the mirror, like, I think I'm so good. So we're going to break this down and misuse in vain, like, what's really being said here? Because it's kind of a vague commandment, kind of vague in our terminologies. But to understand it, we really have to go back to the Hebrew word for vain. The Hebrew word for vain, so in the original Hebrew text in which the Old Testament was written, is the word shav. Shav is defined this way. This is what shav means. Emptiness, vanity, or falsehood. Emptiness, nothingness, and vanity. Emptiness of speech or lying or worthlessness of conduct. Those who've grown up in the church world, you hear, don't take the Lord's name in vain, mate. Ooh, you can't swear. Don't say swears, right? So then the Christians, if you grew up in a Christian world, you have like your own Christian swears, right? Like, oh man, Germany Christmas. Like we make up other Christian swears. We don't actually say the real swears. But what's really happening inside of here is that the Lord God is, it's much bigger than just like, don't say bad swear words. It's much deeper than that. It's part of it. We'll get to that. It's much deeper and it's actually more uh, in depth and more meaningful when we look at it this way. Because of the word shav, you may not use falsehood to the name of God. You may not speak his name unworthy. You may not use his name 
for stupid, worthless things. Like we are supposed to hold the name of God, which is the reputation of God, with such care and trembling that we're afraid to say it. We're afraid to say his name. There's so much fear that when we speak the name of God, because it's an invisible God, us speaking it is representing him. So when we hear the name of God, there's trembling almost when we hear it. And so when we flippantly use it as a punchline of a joke or flippantly say it or use it in a curse against people, you are taking the very core of what God is saying and we are stepping all over it. An American language has moved to remove the holiness of God's name. Our culture has removed the fear of it and that's where part of our problems are. We may never ever use his name in vain. Maybe this is a little more, like, I don't say swear words. Okay, let's go with this. Dude, I swear to God I didn't do it. What you are doing when you swear to God I didn't do it is that you are using God's name as a witness to say, I swear to God. I, before God, I'll swear to God that I didn't do it. I swear I didn't do it. And when I swear to God, I'm saying I'm using his name as a witness that I'm truthful. And so you're putting his name as a stamp on your actions. And let's be honest, because you already are sinning and lying about stuff. You use, I swear to God, to get people to believe you because you actually did do it. Oh, I swear to God, I swear to God. We use that name and that flippancy, and it's just so cringy because it's worthlessness of his name. God's not going to be involved in whether you took the garbage out or not to use as an oath before God. The oath before God is so important and righteous and holy that we should be so careful how we use it every day because we don't use it in a disingenuous, we don't use it in a dishonest, and we definitely don't use it in a way that's so flippant. When we exclaim, oh my God, in I'm super excited, I'm super upset, I'm, I'm frustrated. We use it for all courses of the emotions to be like, wow, <laughs> I'm happy. Wow, I'm upset. And when you say that, the name of God is being misused again to elicit some sort of emotion. Because when we use the name God or use the name Jesus, there's power to that. And so we're trying to bring power to our words. But the power of his name, according to the third commandment, is to never, ever, ever be used in a disrespectful, flippant way. It's supposed to be revered. When spoken, it should be with honor and glory, not because I just got a raise at work, not because my friend was gossiping about me, so I'm mad. We don't use his name that way. And so the almighty God tells us over and over again to be careful. Now, our culture is messed up. The Israelites' culture was not. So for the Israelites, the name of God was something so unbelievably precious, they would not write nor speak his name. There was fear in the writing or the speaking of his name. They, they didn't want to. There, there was too much. We are not worthy to speak or to write. And so this is one of the Bible 101 for you. Like, this is so confusing. When you read the Bible, you see the word LORD in all capitals, and then you see the LORD with a capital L with 
O-R-D in lower letters. And you're like, what is going on with this? Like, Lord, Lord, like, what is this Lord thing? Lord, all capital letters in the Old Testament is used as the replacement or the name of God. That's a way of saying God's name or his covenant name, his actual personal name is being used. So L-O-R-D, all caps, is a way of honoring him by saying he is more worthy. If we're going to write this down, he should be all capitals, you know? So like if your name was all caps, you'd be like, stop text screaming at me. (laughs) Don't use all caps when you text, you know? Uh, But no, this is an intentional way to show honor in the written word for his name because I didn't feel worthy of speaking or let alone pronouncing or spelling out his name. So God's Hebrew name is Yahweh. You've heard me say that name before, which is the Old Testament name of God, but they wouldn't write it and it didn't translate. So now in the Old Testament, the word God, so Yahweh is the name, God is Elohim. Elohim is like saying God. So there's a difference. There's God, and then there's the general word Elohim, and then there's the name of God, which is Yahweh. And then when you read the Bible, you'll see Lord God, Lord of hosts, Lord Almighty. And so they're using this idea that God, we describe him if we speak him as the attributes or the qualities of who God is. The Lord God, the Lord of hosts, the Lord Almighty, the provider God, the all-knowing God. There's names that describe and help to understand who he is. So the descriptive words of God now circle around the name of God, but they're so, they'll describe him, but we can't even say his name. It's too holy. It's too holy to speak. It's too holy to write. Who are we? Who are we? I mean, I'm a sinful person. Can I even utter the name of God without him striking fear and lightning? I mean, who am I to say the name of God? But because remember when we go back to when these New, the Ten Commands were given, they're at a mountainside with fire and lightning and storms and smoke, and the presence of God is shaking the earth. And if this was happening and that was God, I think we'd have a little fear of saying his name. Our cultures become so complacent, and we become so non-Christian, and we just don't honestly care that we start to move into a place where we're comfortable, even as believers of the Lord Jesus Christ, to flippantly use his name. Now, I'm not blaming you because I have fallen into that trap too. I try hard, but when I get really mad, I want that power word in there. When I get really frustrated, like I do the best, I'm like, I'm not going to say anything, I'm not going to say anything, but when I get really mad, like I want powerful words that's going to hurt people and make them know that I'm serious. And then I'll say it, And I just can feel my stomach turn. Because when I hear people say Jesus Christ in a non-worshipful way as a profanity or they'll use just the name of Jesus, my first thought is he saved me. How can you say that? And I get this turning gut feeling inside of me because the most precious thing in my life is the cross in Christ. So when you say that, I want to say keep my Savior's name out your mouth. What I do say, especially in the world when I'm with people that I'm leading, please don't say that again. That name means a lot to me. If you want to say it, that's on you. Just please don't say that to me. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to me. It may not mean anything to you. It means a lot to me. There's fear. There's trembling. 
But then let's go back to the New Testament. In the New Testament, so Lord and Lord, back to our Lord, Lord in our conversation. Big L-O-R-D, the name of God. Elohim means God in Hebrew. Now we move to Greek. The New Testament is written in Greek. The New Testament comes out and looks very different. So now the Greek word for God is theos. So now God is representing the word theos, which means deity. So now this means God, deity in our New Testament. But then the word Lord, when you see L-O-R-D, comes from the Greek word kyrios, which now means master. So if you've ever heard me up here pray, and I'll say, and if you've prayed with me before, I'll say, master. It means I'm calling him Lord. I'm just doing the translation because it's kind of cool. I like it. And it's a reminder of me when the scripture says that I'm a, a slave to my master, like my life is his life. He is my Lord, which means everything he says, I do. We aren't translating Lord very well when we say Lord Jesus Christ. It's Master Jesus Christ. And so I am his and he is mine, which means my whole life is open-handed before him and is for him. He is my Lord. He is my master. And so in the New Testament, when you see that, they're calling him master. You're like, man, Bible study, this is awesome. Just helping you out, that's all. So between these two terminologies, our Old Testament and our New Testament, you see that there is a reverence and a fear of the name of God. So to honor that, and even though we so flippantly use it, and to lie and to curse, what do we do with this? If you're around people who are non-believers, I, I want to make this very clear, people who are not followers of Jesus Christ, first of all, I would say yes for your own ears. Like you can say, please don't use that in front of me. I prefer that. But here's the thing. Christians for too long have been trying to change the behavior of non-Christians. Act like me. Don't say those things. Don't go there. Non-Christians are going to do what non-Christians do because they don't follow the master. That he's not their master. So don't change the behavior of other people. Change the behavior of yourself. And let's just start with us as followers of Jesus Christ. We know better. Now we say, hey, we don't speak like that. We don't say that. We don't disrespect the Lord God like that. If one of us are together and that comes out, let us call each other out with love, not in judgment, to say, hey, man, remember, third commandment, lightning, boom. Whatever you want to say to be funny, to lighten the mood, I don't care. But the truth is this. Followers of Jesus Christ, there's not one time in your life at any point in which the name of God should be flippantly used ever. Never, ever, ever do we ever use his name flippantly for lying, to try to convince people because it is very, very serious to God. It, on uh, BibleTalk.tv, it's a website. They had two really great examples that I want to talk about today. Um, on this site, they had some really good thoughts about how are we breaking this today? How are we disrespecting God's name? I just want to give you two very simple things to think about as you guys are processing, like, hey, man, I got to think about my speech a little bit. Like, wow, or... Because out of our mouth is where your heart is at. Because not just the word that comes out, it's where it's coming from. And, and so I want to go through this really good two examples that they had on their site. First, using God's name as a witness in frivolous matters. I swear to God I'll be there on time. That's a frivolous matter. For our Gen Z people, Gen Z, uh, their terminology, <laughs> uh, here's a dictionary for you. No cap means I'm not lying, okay? No cap on God. No cap on God, which is I'm not lying, I swear to God. They've shortened it into I'm not lying, I swear to God. No cap on God. 
And literally all my little teammates, all the kids I work with, they're like, I'll say no cap, like on God, coach, on God. And I'll always say, I don't say that. Like, oh, I know, oh, and they run off, right? So uh, no cap on God. It's the same thing. It's just their, their generation's way of saying, I swear to God. This is the best taco ever created by God under heaven. Hmm. Like, what are you trying to say? Is it a good taco? Yes. But are we just using God's holiness and his place of presence to try to bring power to the word? And we're frivolously talking about tacos to the place and where literally there's angels circling, screaming, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's circling and they're worshiping like, yeah, but you love tacos, right? Like, are you kidding me right now? Like, we don't talk like that when we understand the holiness of God because the salvation and the covenant that Jesus made with us has never been a joke. And the covenant aspect of God, when we make an oath or say things, God is never flippant or meaningless. Check this out in Matthew 5.33. If you're going to flip there in your Bibles, Matthew 5.33 to 37, Jesus talks about the importance of not smearing God's name in disrespectful ways or making promises. Uh, Matthew 5, Jesus is teaching like the fulfillment of you've heard these laws. Let me explain to you really when we see the Ten Commandments, when we see the laws of God, what's really being said. And this is Matthew 5, 33 to 37. It says this. Again, you have heard that is said to the people long ago, do not break your oath but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven or or his God's throne, or by the earth or his footstool, or by Jerusalem or the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot even make one hair white or black. All you need to simply say simply is yes or no. Anything else beyond comes from the evil one. In that culture, oaths were everything, covenants were everything. And so they would have a binding contract by oath, right? We sign our name to things in contracts. An oath or a covenant is a way that this is going to be true. And so in this, they're saying, you do not make a covenant oath by saying, I swear to God. You do not say, oh, I I swear to you, as high as heaven is high in the sky, I swear to you, so this. He's just simply saying this, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. I will do this, and then go and do it. Because a covenant, when we start to bring, or an oath, or we start to bring God's name into these frivolous matters as a witness, as God is my witness, I will blank. Or this one, God, I swear to you, if you get me out of this mess, I promise I will never fill in the blank again. And then you go and fill in the blank again. Frivolous matters in which we're bringing the God of the universe down to our human standards. And this, what we're doing is we are simplifying and trying to make God one of our buddies. God is never one of your buddies. He is holy. He is righteous. He calls us friend because he gets to. We break the friendship and he keeps loving us. So we, in return, worship him and have reverence for him and find his name like honey on our lips, that when I get to speak his name, that why would I be able to even utter the name of God with my human lips, which is sinful? In fact, we see that in Scripture, 
that people don't even want to speak the name. Purify my lips. And they take this hot coal and burns his lips to show this, that we are not holy and righteous enough to speak. But God allows us to say his name. And so his name is so holy and righteous. So Jesus is teaching us, do not use his name in your daily affairs as some frivolous punchline to a covenant oath or joke. Don't use the name of the Lord God any way that's frivolous. And point two from BibleTalk.tv says this, we use God's name in careless and disrespectful ways. I've already said a few of them, but let me just get you into the mindset of some, maybe some things that you use in your daily conversations. Anytime we use them as an exclamation, and it's not a context of worship, study, uh, reverence, we're breaking the third commandment. Whenever we say, oh my God, my Lord, we say for God's sake. We use it in a coarse way or to curse. We make fun of God. We mock Christ or Jesus as a punchline of a joke. We use God or Jesus' name in swearing or cursing. And even, I will add to this, which I said before, our Christian profanity, which is euphemisms. That sounds like, I'm not really saying it, it sounds like, like G's with a Z versus S, or Jiminy Christmas instead of saying the name of Jesus Christ. Or we start to use things that kind of fill in. We say gosh instead of God. We use words that sound like Christ. I won't say Christ, but I'll say cripes. We'll use words that sound like because now I think I'm getting out of it because I'm not saying it. It's the heart of the intention in which we are saying it. It's not just that. It's our heart's intention. Because we want nothing to do with what's close to the reverence and holiness of his name. That's what the third commandment is all about. It is mega serious. And he is really serious about his name. From Genesis to Revelation, God is serious about his name. His name means something all of the time. Jesus' name means something all of the time. And any time that we enter into this disrespectful, flippant, we are breaking that third commandment. And I know it might feel kind of extreme. You're like, okay, wow. You know, happy summer message series. I know it sounds extreme, but I want you to hear with, for a second, my friends. If we do not hold God's name with reverence, do we hold God with reverence? If we do not hold this God's name, if I don't think of his name and his qualities of who he is, because an unseen God has been known to us by his names and his qualities and attributes, and the unseen God has come in the person of Jesus Christ, who died for us, yet now becomes a punchline to a joke we giggle at, or some swearing, some oath, or whatever. Do we really revere the Lord God with fear and trembling, or have we become absolutely too comfortable? And I would argue that as a culture, we've become too, too comfortable. Remember, shav, emptiness, vanity, falsehood, nothingness, lying, worthlessness. Today, Right now, I'm asking you as your pastor and your brother in the Lord, as a church family, let's change the narrative in your speech. Parents, never let your children hear you use the Lord God's name for anything other than worship and in prayer. Older brothers and sisters, will you model for a generation that is so flippant about the name of God with love and fear and trembling, model, disciple them to revere the name of God so that when they speak it, they know that the honey is on their lips, that they could say the name of God and they get 
to worship him. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to connect with you at our weekend gathering. For service time, directions, and to learn more about our vision to ignite a movement of love that transforms our community and the world, visit us at mosaicwi.com.